Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. Today I am incredible. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, today... five-syllable words, so... There you go. Today we are going to talk about Indigo by Beverly Jenkins, and later we are going to discuss diversity in romance. But first, mom, what have you been reading? Well, a lot more than you have, so yeah, you have. I'm the one that needs to fill this part of the segment. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Ellen, I have been reading, oh, I was reading the Amy Dawes series, which yes. I enjoyed quite a bit. I'm in the um, middle of the first book of that. That's one of oh my, my books. That I- <laughs> yeah, you need to get on this, my friend. I know, I know. The last book, <laughs> okay, well, I'll talk about it once I go. Um, so I was in the middle of Keeper when we recorded last time, so I finished Keeper, which is the second one, I think. Um, no. Third? Anyway. And then I read Surrender. Surrender, Ellen. When you read Surrender, you're going to go, oh my gosh, my mom read this. Because there's a lot of, <laughs> uh, a lot of dirty talk. A lot oh, of boy. very, you do this now and you do this now. It's very, oh, um, gosh. anyway. Oh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're, I mean, you're, I hate that. Like, I, you hate that. I hate don't. that I like it or that I've read it. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is Dominate. Um, that one was a much sweeter one, very family oriented. I cried multiple times. I mean, there was still, you know, some pretty raunchy sex in it, but um, it had a very sweet story well, going. I started Challenge by Amy Dawes and I texted mom. I'm like, mom, I can't believe you read this. Yeah. Well, that one starts out. <laughs> Saucy, so to speak. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so to speak, indeed. <laughs> Sorry. I, I hate to embarrass you, Ellen, but I love it. Um, yeah, you do. Then I read the book The Cater Street Hangman by Anne oh. Perry. This was yes. for another book club that's not a romance book club. However, there is romance in this series. There is romance. And that's why, Mom, because you picked this one for your book club. I did. And... Um, Anne Perry has a bonkers backstory, which is kind of fun but Mm -hmm. um she's got lots of um uh historical mystery books she's got her um the charlotte and thomas pitt series and the monk series which are both set in 1800 england England, right yeah and both really fun and very um just fun mystery stories so if that's your your thing Check it out because and those the romance are really good. romance fans like the Charlotte and Thomas Pitt might be like the best transition from romance into that. It's nothing but... like what we read, though. No, it's not. But it does have a little <laughs> bit of it, is what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, but Anne Perry literally went to jail when she was a teenager because she helped a friend murder her mother. And there's a movie about it. There's a movie about it with Kate Winslet. Yeah, Heavenly Creatures, right? Yeah, Heavenly Creatures. Melanie Linsky, I think. Is yeah, the other that's girl. it. Um. Anyway, so if you want to see her backstory, that's her backstory. And um, she went to jail for quite a few years and then got out of jail and started writing historical mysteries. (laughs) Go figure. How to kill people. Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Oh, Anne. Okay. And then I read Indigo by Beverly Jenkins. And um, I'm excited because I've been waiting. I've been putting off. I want to read the Flow series by Kennedy Ryan. But I wanted to read it all in one fell swoop. So I wanted to get all these other things out of the way before I started in on that. So that's my next venture. Anyway, 
But I want to read it before we go to Vegas, baby. Vegas, um, which I was going to say, but our next episode is going to be recorded from Vegas, probably from our hotel room in Vegas. Yeah. Um, at the Love in Vegas book convention, where we're going to meet a lot of romance authors. Yes. There's, so that'll be fun. I read Amy Dawes and, and Kenny Ryan for that very purpose, because we're going to meet them while we're there. But then there was a lot of other ones that Ellen would read their books and say, oh, you can't read this one, Mom. No, nope. oh, you can't read this. So I'm going to go to the convention and say, I'd love to read your books, but my daughter won't let me. Because <laughs> she can't know that I've read them. Well, some um, of the ones that I've seen posted just from the covers, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the um, or- So like I said, I am in the middle of challenge, but I also read Pretty Face by Lucy Parker. Which is the second book after oh, Act I Like It. I that one, too. It was really cute. In some regards, I might have liked it more than Act Like It. Um, but, you know, it's about on par. But I really liked it a lot. Um, and then I have a new Turkish show that I've been reading. Um, <laughs> those don't count. <laughs> yes, they do. I read a lot <laughs> for those shows. Um, I Let me just say, I just need to get this out there. Like... I like the sh- I like this show. It's Yasak Elma. I like this show less than Erken Shikush. Um and I probably like the guy character less than I like John, but I like looking at him more than John. Let's just put that out there. He does things to me. Many things. <laughs> Get your um, body to put zings in your things. Yes. Put zings in my things. <laughs> Yes, zings in all the things, and, um, like, I would just dare somebody to watch ten seconds of this guy and not get zings with your things. It's ridiculous. Like, it's just crazy. Anyway, that's all I'll say about that. Well, I have to say, just, I don't know why this is a thing for me, but he's got something that I'm very attracted to, and that's the light blue eyes with the dark Mm -hmm. hair. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is such a Mm -hmm. thing for me. It's not even remotely close to what my husband has. <laughs> even but. even the female character on the show, like, she's mad at him. And, like, they're doing close talking as they do on the Turkish shows. And yeah, she's even And even she's like, but then you have those eyes. And I'm just trying. And I'm like, yep, yep. I haven't even watched the Sing show, it. but Ellen sends me many a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked up. He's 6'5", Mom. Oh, oh. gosh. Yeah, I know. Oh. Anyway, okay. I'm just still coming down off of that high, so... But now, (laughs) on to Indigo. So today, we're going to be talking about Indigo by Beverly Jenkins. It is a standalone book, but there do seem to be some other others by her that have ties to this book, including a series about Raymond and some of his... I was wondering if there were some of the brothers that were in there. I had to look it up because I was like, she's talking about Raymond... Too much like a next romance well, hero. Well, and all his brothers. So Yeah. So there's a series about them. Um, so I started writing a description, but the back cover was way better than anything I was coming up with. So we're just going to go with that for this time. Um, 
As a child, Hester Wyatt escaped slavery, but now the dark-skinned beauty is a dedicated member of of, (laughs) of Michigan's Underground Railroad, offering other runaways a chance at freedom she has learned to love. When one of her fellow conductors brings her an injured man to hide, Hester doesn't hesitate even after she is told about the price on his head. The man in question is the great conductor known as the Black Daniel, a vital member of the North's Underground Railroad network. But Hester finds him so rude and arrogant, she begins to question her vow to hide him when the injured and beaten galen vachon or which does that sound sort mm-hmm. of right aka the black daniel awakens in hester's cellar he is unprepared for the feisty young conductor providing his care as a member of one of the wealthiest free black families in new orleans galen has turned his back on the lavish living he is accustomed to in order to provide freedom to those enslaved in the south however as he heals he cannot turn his back on hester wyatt her innocence fills him like a breath of fresh air, and he's determined to make her his. But traitors have to be found, slave catchers have to be routed, and Hester's refusal to trust her own heart have to be overcome before she and Galen can find the freedom only love can bring. So, Mom, what did you think of Indigo? I really liked this book. I liked um, the hero. I liked the heroine. I liked... Uh, the setting, we haven't read any yeah. historical in this kind of a setting. Not even in America. We haven't even read a lot of American historicals. Yeah. So um, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the history in it because a lot of that background was all accurate history. And mm-hmm. um, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Like the the thing that I kept coming back to, and it sounds trite, but I'm not, I don't want it to be. Like it's just so romantic like right. there's just the, there's just so many things that I was just like oh that's so romantic <laughs> I just like I just kept thinking that during the whole book um yeah loved both of them and I I think for me I was expecting something much more serious but this book is actually a lot of fun which sounds they have a lot of banter yeah. She and she's very they're funny because he's like so over the top especially when he comes back after yeah and, and when and, he gets to show off all of his riches well, and things like that. And she is just so freaking practical all the time and and he just gets, you know, just make mud pies with me. Just yeah. you know, just relax and have fun. Don't be so yeah. you know. Well, and I and I liked that about this. I think that they um they both mentioned it a few times. In fact, I wrote down this quote um when I think it's when they are making mud pies or something like that. And um, she says, these are serious times. And he says, yes, they are, which is why it's important to seek out humor and beauty whenever possible. If we don't, we'll all be buried beneath the weight of the misery. And I think I really, I, I liked that aspect of this book, that these are horrible, awful things that these people and the people around them are going through. But... That at the end of the day, I don't know. I mean, I I know this about, you know, people that were going through slavery and things like that at the time and people that were dealing with with this kind of prejudice at, at that time especially. But, um, but that at the end of the day, they were people who fell in love and had lives and wanted to be happy and normal with a family and kids and stuff yeah. like that. And so I really liked that aspect of the story that it was just a love story about well it made me even think about you know because you know why do i like to read romance novels 
there's a lot of ugly, stupid crap going on in the world right now. And to be able to get away from all of that and just relax and enjoy, um, you know, a a book, a lighthearted book. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, even when I go on Facebook, I hate going on my regular stream because I hate people who put political stuff on Facebook. Sorry, I don't hate. Hate's a strong word. Um, I, I avoid them. And that's why I like going into our little romance groups because it, there's just not as much of it there. Yeah. And when it is there, it's, I don't know, to rational levels, I feel like, at least yes. more so than on our personal feeds. Um, I also really liked this. Uh, sh- I don't know if you read her author's note at the end. I did. But um, she had a thing in there where she, where Beverly Jenkins said, being a woman of color, I feel that the harsh and painful realities of slavery have no place in the feel good arena of mainstream romance because there was nothing feel good about it. And I think that going into this book, I was expecting more of that. I was expecting more of the, you know, right. Well, I went into it thinking that they were slaves, but they really weren't. Either of them were not slaves during this time. Yeah. Um, and I would have, been fine with a story about that and I think that's what I was expecting but um but yeah I get that you know she's like this romance maybe isn't the time or place to explore the complexities and horrors of of slavery so um yeah so anyway but I still I'll tell you what I actually really loved about this book was that I've read a lot of books and I've seen a lot of movies about slavery in the south but I, I didn't know a lot about the abolitionist movement that was happening in the North. In the North. Yeah, that and was that's, interesting. Yeah, that's a lot of the history stuff that I found to be the most interesting part of this book. Um, just because I've never read anything about what was going on in Michigan during this time, you know? It's always right. what was going on in the in South. Georgia or and- Georgia, Yeah, or, <laughs> or even, you know, Virginia or, you know, kind of one of those... Right. That um, this is, I'm switching gears a little bit, but one of my mm-hmm. favorite lines is when she says, "Are you blackmailing me?" And he says, "I am a blackmail. Oh, I am a blackmail." <laughs> <laughs> I did really. I had that one written down as well, Mom. Um, okay, so let's dive into this. Uh, what did we think of Hester, aka Indigo? I loved Hester. Um, she's super practical, and I'm a pretty practical person myself. Yeah. She was saucy and and didn't put up with his crap. Um, which I find endearing. Uh, she um, was super brave and mm-hmm. just through everything. Even when um, you know she got kidnapped at the end. I hope that's okay that I'm spoiling yes. the end. Yeah. <laughs> Even when she got kidnapped, she just I know he's going to come for me, so I'll just wait yeah. this out until he's he like. Shows I up. just have to stay alive until he comes <laughs> for me. So she was. I thought she was awesome. Yeah, I loved that she was kind of the sweet, stalwart, practical person. But then, you know, he kind of got to bring out her, you know, feistier and saucier and saucier side, right? Um, and um, and I just love that, you know, she's like, I almost went without ever having this, and you know, and I would have been fine. But I wouldn't understand the, like, passion of life and things like that. Right. And so I really liked that about her. Um, 
we got some good banter between these two, right? Yeah. Um, I wrote, this was one of my favorite <laughs> lines, was um, in one of their many uh, steamier encounters, he, she kind of says to him, she's like, proper women aren't supposed to enjoy this, are they? And he's like, you're pretty proper, you tell me. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) are you enjoying this? (laughs) I was like, oh, Galen. (laughs) Um, So what did we think of Galen? I liked Galen. I'll tell you what, though. I read most of the first part of the book and then the last part of the book because I was running out of time a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I listened to a lot of it on Audible. I didn't mm-hmm. care for the audible reading of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Creole, obviously, and so he's got a French accent. I didn't like the reader's French accent for him. It made him sound kind of wimpish rather than, <laughs> you know, because like, he's supposed to be this big, handsome, rudish kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't crazy about the voice that she did for him. But... Um, I loved him as a character. I love that he's able to bring out her softer side. And I love that he, because she had planned on just marrying the school teacher and being content. But, mm-hmm. you know, but, and that's what her life was just going to be, was content for the rest of her life. And um, he was able to swoop in and say, uh, no, that's not going to happen for you. Yeah. And <laughs> in, in no uncertain terms. And, uh, you know, Sweeps her off her feet, so to speak. Well, doesn't even sweep her off her feet because she stands pretty planted for a long time. Yeah, she does. <laughs> and she's just like, no, I'm not going to marry you. No, I'm not going to marry you. But um, he's able to, you know, coax her into feeling all this passion and into a life that brings her much more joy than her life would have had otherwise. Yeah. And I think what I, I loved about him as a character is um, he he takes care of business. Like he takes care of things that are important and, you know, is very devoted to the cause of, you know, the railroad and, um, taking care of business and making sure that everybody is, you know, when he can help people gain their freedom, but that he still also takes the time to have some fun and, you know, eventually, woo her as he does very aggressively god love him for it um and she several times just calls him like incorrigible and i'm like yes that is the word for him because he is just (laughs) so dang incorrigible well he pushes Um, her buttons especially romantically pushes her buttons all the time yeah and i loved it they yeah they were just so much fun i i just loved their flirting it was so cute it was cute um I liked this line, too. I I wrote down the blackmail line, which I thought was funny, but then I liked when, um, after they have sex for the first time, uh, like, fully have sex, um, she's like, Galen, I'm not marrying you. He's like, yeah, you probably are. (laughs) (laughs) By the end of next week, we're going to be married. (laughs) No, no, I'm not marrying you. (laughs) This is probably happening. Like, just get used to it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they were fun. Um... Did you have a new bit of history that stuck out to you as particularly interesting in this book? Um, well, yeah, like you, I, you know, I read stories and seen movies about the South during this time, but I haven't had a lot of, um, I don't have, I did, hadn't had a lot of knowledge about the North and how, 
you know, things were going in the north during this time. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I was familiar with some of the slave laws and how they affected the south, but not exactly how they affected the slaves in the north. And um, it was really interesting to see all that. Also, um, towards the end, when is it Jim Brown when he gets when he hangs yeah. for for that. Mm-hmm. Um, how that affected how they all, you know, it was like a holiday, a national holiday. Well, not a national holiday, but, you know, for the African-American yeah. population. Um, yeah. And the abolitionist movement, it became like a huge deal. And, and okay. I, I mean, I knew of his uprising, but I didn't know of how the reaction. The impact happened. that it mm-hmm. had, yeah. Um, yeah, there was just a lot of, yeah, kind of connected to like what I was saying. I just didn't know. I just feel like I didn't know a lot. And, you know, maybe this is something that they should teach more in schools and things like that. Um, but I, a few things that I, that kind of stuck out to me. I, this is something that I think I knew, but, you know, the moment where she's talking about how when she was a slave and she would work with the indigo, her and her friend were just so desperate to get their hands and feet to be that indigo color because they wanted to be like, you know, like the, the other, other women, women. Yeah. that were there. And they were like, look, we're, we're become, we're getting to be like you. And the women were all just like shaking their heads and just like, don't, this is not something that you want. And I don't know, just to think about these kids that did grow up like that, that that's all that they knew. And, you know, they maybe hadn't been, complete their eyes hadn't been completely opened to the horrors yet of slavery um and so that's all they know is just that they want to be like the other women these people that they're growing up with um the other things that i found interesting here were well first of all i thought it was interesting to kind of spend some time with a free man who was extremely wealthy and how that was kind of a harder thing for her to adapt to, that there's these kind of issues of class within the race. And then also, you know, their history of him having always been free, her having been a slave, and how that was frowned upon within his class. Well, and the interesting people. thing was is that he had all this money and wealth and prestige and, and um, you know, could, still didn't have any rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, could buy whatever he wanted, but he still couldn't vote. He still couldn't, you know, they talked about that, how the laws of slavery affected him as well. I mean, he he could have been captured and taken to be yeah. a slave. And, well, and, and his grandmother, who, like, so hated, you know, associating with people of the darker skin and things like that, that she still had to be buried in a cemetery with, right. with other black people. Other, <laughs> Yeah, and he's just like... Well, she's that's just where she's going to spend her time, and she'll probably be turning in her grave. But um, I also found it really interesting that <clears throat> a lot of the quote-unquote enemies in this book were other people of color. I mean, you had Shu, who was this white. Right. Um, south. Yeah. But then you had Lem and yeah. Janine and his grandmother, who I think were some of the bigger antagonists here who I don't know so kind of exploring I don't know that that relationship between people within that race at that time and just how there was still contention um you know it wasn't always a united front unfortunately and that kind of exploring that within the book I found to be interesting 
Yeah, I agree. Um, so those were, those were kind of some of the things that stuck out to me. Um, so let's talk about sex, baby. There was a lot of it in this book. There was a lot. It was, it wasn't um, explained in great depth of detail. No. Like the, it didn't like get into the nitty gritty as much, but, uh, there was a lot of things that happened in, in the book. Well, and I thought it was interesting that, um, cause I, I asked her, I said, when was this book written? Cause it, it read like an old school romance, mm-hmm. but, um, one of the problems I had with some of the old school romances is that they were, I use the word rapier, but you know, the girls would say, no, no, I don't want it. And the guy's like. I know that's what you say, but I know you really want it, and so they do it anyway. And then she's like, "Oh yeah. yes, you're right. I need it." Oh yeah, and, right. um, you're, you're so right. <laughs> and um, but in this one, he really drug it out. He took a long time, even though she was, you know, like willing in some point. Well, it's because he knew she wasn't ready. I don't, you know, right. like no, I'm not but, saying it was a bad thing. I'm saying yeah. it was a good thing. And even after they had sex, she didn't really know, like, what had. I mean, she knew that that's what it was, but I, you know, she had to go talk to B afterwards and, yeah. and get like the rundown on. Tell me about all this stuff because she was raised Conscious. by a maiden aunt and didn't have a lot of education yeah. yes. in the sexual arts or field of sex. And um, so, I think even after they had sex the first time, she was still like pretty naive about yeah you know, stuff. Well, so. like contraception, it sounds seems like she wanted yes. to know a little bit more about. Um, yeah, and I really. Yeah, I really liked that he was always like, I know that you're not ready for this. I know that this is not something that we should do because you are a sweet girl (laughs) who, you know, um, he's like, so I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to, you need to close up that, up that top so that I am not any (laughs) more. I can't control myself. (laughs) Don't stand Um, there looking like that. Um, so I just. You know, that was just another aspect of his character that I found really endearing. And um, and I think especially with, you know, her background of slavery, it's like, you don't need more things taken from you. Like, right. like let's give you complete... to do things that you yeah, don't Yeah, freedom of do. choice here. Um, so I really liked that about them. Um, but I also yeah. thought it was very sweet that he... You know, she kept trying to cover up her hands and feet yeah. because they were dyed. And um, he's like, no, when we're alone, I want to see him. I love your indigo hands and I love your indigo feet. Mm. Yeah. And that he just was like, no, Hester is a prim, proper maiden. But he's like, indigo is yeah, her, like sultry, like, <laughs> just like her Sasha Fierce, you know, alter ego. Um, yeah. I thought that was, I yeah, I really liked them and I thought they were really sweet together and um and I think I liked about about the like sexier moments that once again it always just seemed like they were having fun you know it was because they were still like kind of joking around and he was always trying to get her to be a little bit feistier and I liked the whole are you are you my mistress or are you my wife (laughs) like that towards the end and she's like I'm both maybe what was it the end where he says um Oh, you're my mistress? You better not let my wife find out. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I know her, and she will come down on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah, they were just so much fun. I just, yeah, I just loved them. Um, so, Mom, what was your swooniest moment? Okay. 
I'm ready for this one this time. Yay! My swooniest moment was when he married her in the church. Yeah, when he walked in and, and the reverend's giving this fire and brimstone speech about not being a whore. And because the rumor had gone out that she, you know, was... Spending uh, time but, with him. But, well, odd that she was like his mistress and was whoring yeah. around with him. And which was not going on. Because of freaking and, Janine. Well, yeah. at that point, they had had sex, but just the one time. And it's, right. And, it's and, like and, he, just... and he had every intention of marrying her, even though she was dragging her feet on it. Yeah. And um, so he just stands up in the middle of the church and says, no, this isn't happening. I'm not going to let you do this. I'm going to marry her right now. And, <laughs> and she goes and she whispers in his ear and says, I'm going to get you for this. Because <laughs> it wasn't really, she didn't really have the option of backing out at that point. I love how, like, everyone in his life was like, this is not a good idea. Not a good idea. You better not. She'll never forgive you. She'll... And so that whole rest of the day, everyone's like, are you mad? Are you mad? Is she mad at you? <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was adorable and that he just came to her rescue and... And quoted some her. Song of Solomon, you know. Yeah, which in... was pretty racy. Song of Solomon. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That Old Testament. Oh, boy. <laughs> um nuts. So that is a good one. I put down, because this one was not even, like, super, super swoony, but it still just made me, like, oh, I think the hardest out of all of them, was um, Shu had come to the jail and had tried to, like, oh. he was basically going to try and rape her, it sounded like, um, and she, like, fired a warning shot and got rid of them. And then um, Foster and Galen come to the jail to like see what the shot was about and she's standing there and she's obviously just like terrified and she's got the gun because she's thinking that they're back um and galen this is like when they're trying to keep it a secret that they know each other and things like that and he just like so badly wants to go over and just like hold her and um then he comes later that night and just does that and just like holds her and she, yeah, you know yeah, sweet. and I just loved because it like showed how strong and brave she is, but then also that you know she well, still even when needs you're strong that. and brave. Sometimes you need a hug. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, so I just really liked that moment. I thought it was really sweet. Um, anything else, Mom? About Indigo? Um, no, I thought it was a great book. I enjoyed yeah. reading it very much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are we ever going to read a book that I'm going to say, this book sucked? I, <laughs> I feel I like I could try we, and find one. If I love all of these. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will say, we when we put out on Twitter that we were reading this book, we did get a couple tweets. Um, Monica on Twitter said, I think you've chosen a great book to discuss. Made me look at the Song of Solomon in a different way. Uh, <laughs> who knew the best love stories came from the Bible? Galen and Hester, Mud Pies, Vanilla, and Oranges. It did really make me want to, like, I'm like, maybe I should start using Vanilla as a That's perfume. perfume. <laughs> just like, you know. I don't you know, know how long it, it would last because it has a lot of alcohol in it. But. When I'm making cookies, just kind of a little yeah. dabble do you. <laughs> um, and then Slum. you could buy actual perfume that smells like vanilla. Probably. Kind of a big deal these days. Yeah. And then Slum Bueller uh, on Twitter, she said, I really need to reread this. Isn't this the one where he recites the Book of Solomon to her in church? And then Beverly Jenkins herself came on and said, Yes, lol. Had folks challenging me about the authenticity. I was like, read your Bible before you at me, lol. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I teach a class at church where, and I'm teaching the Old Testament. And even today, we did. A, I had to teach a lesson on 
like crazy bonkers Hosea. If you haven't read it, go read it because it's nutso. And there were certain, like we're reading parts of it, and I was like, um, we're not going to skip. We're skipping that verse. We're skipping that. <laughs> so it was like, it's like too I don't want to get into it. Church. <laughs> Not safe for church. NSFC. Um, anyway, so I thought those were funny little tweets that came up. But yeah, I if you are listening to this and you haven't read this, I would highly recommend. I am. This was my actually my first Beverly Jenkins novel, um, and I know people love her, so I am definitely I think going to dive into some others that because um, I just really liked this. I. I loved, I loved them. The banter was just off the charts. It was I fun. I thought it was great. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Indigo by Beverly Jenkins. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMom'sRom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On October 29th, we will be discussing Accidental Tryst by Natasha Boyd, and I believe we will be recording this one together from our hotel room at Love in Vegas. Um, So we are excited for that. For now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about diversity in romance, so stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. (laughs) break is when we do the news and mail mom loves that so much uh, yeah do i <laughs> hey until you come up with something better that's what i'm gonna keep doing okay i'm gonna work on that okay so for our mail segment today we have an email from Paige. she says hi this is my first holiday reading romance books hashtag holiday romance version love it virgin i said virgin but she said virgin. virgin. Uh, do you have any recommendations? Halloween, Thanksgiving, and or Christmas? Um, mm-hmm. And we wanted to read this because we want to put this out to all of you. Because here's the thing. We also need a couple recommendations for holiday books. Because we would like to do some for the upcoming holidays. The upcoming holidays. Um, but there's we like struggled last Christmas to find... Um, especially like full length Christmas novels. There's a lot of novellas or a lot of um, like compilations of novellas. There's a new one that comes out this month that has got um, novellas by Tessa Dare, Joanna Shoup, Sarah McLean, and Sophie Jordan, I think. Yeah. I think it's the fourth one. Well, we could do a compilation one. Yeah, so. Um, so anyway, if anybody has any recommendations for Paige and for us on Halloween, Thanksgiving, and or Christmas, or just maybe Hanukkah, if that's your well, flavor. probably not Halloween, because... Halloween's Halloween, just, like, kind of take a look at, um, like, some paranormal. There's, I mean, just look at the paranormal right. genre. That's... But, I mean, the next time we record, it'll be Yeah, Halloween, I know. So. I'm just saying, if anybody wants to recommend one, and I can get that to Paige. No. No Halloween. Mom. Don't... <laughs> Mom doesn't celebrate that pagan holiday. Uh, um, no, I do. I'm a full-size bar kind of gal, so y'all want to come over to my <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so we don't get any trick-or-treaters at our house, so Mom just buys, like, a box of full-size bars and, you know, just hopes that that gets her some, some kids. But <laughs> um, Paige continues and says, Also, I saw a good Hallmark movie that I want to recommend. 
you know, because yeah. I love a good Hallmark movie. She says, all for love, a rom-com. The release date is either 2017 or 2018. It was definitely 2017 because I have seen it, Paige. <laughs> she says, so you may have already seen it. She says, it's about a romance novelist who is paired with her editor's younger brother, a former Navy SEAL, for research for her new yeah. book. It's an enemies to lovers story. The comedic timing and actor acting of the actors was very good. Plus, I have to admit, I really like Navy SEALs. Hope all is well, Paige. Um, I have seen that one. It's really cute. It was definitely, like, one of the better ones. It's got Sarah Rue, who she pops up in a lot of, like, early aughts television. Um, but it is a cute one, and I would also recommend it. Um, there's been some pretty good, like, fall um, of their new fall movies. They always, you know, have new movies that come out with the season. And the lineup for the Christmas movies looks amazing there's like three different pride and prejudice retellings yes please um and then there's actually quite a few that are starring people of color which this is like a first for hallmark because it's always white bread as you can get over there so i'm excited that they're making some freaking strides maybe when you're home at christmas time I'm going to get mom to watch a Hallmark movie. <laughs> we can watch some Hallmark movies. They're not that bad. I've made you watch a few. They're at least I've watched fun. a couple. Yeah. I mean, they're not they're not amazing, but they're cute. That's Well, they're not going to win any Emmys. No, but they don't need to. They're just they're just doing their own thing. Um okay, and so I hope that we can get some recommendations for Paige. Um now, moving on. We have to talk about something that happened this week on Facebook. Oh my gosh. As some of you may know, Penny Reed has a Facebook group. I mean, we've talked about Penny Reed a few times on this podcast, right? Would you say? I think, I think we've mentioned her once or twice. <laughs> so she has a Facebook fan group called The Sharks of Awesome, where general nerdiness and romance ensues. Um, this week, she posted the following post. What? 5,000 new members? What? I find this very unlikely. Thus, I have a few questions. One, how many of you have actually read and enjoyed one of my books? Oh, yeah. Which one is your favorite? Which one is your favorite? Number two, how many of you are just Ellen's mom trying to make me feel okay about myself? And number three, how many of you want to win signed copies of my entire backlist? Because if you answer these three questions, you'll be in the running. Um, and then she said, in case I don't say it enough, so happy and honored to have you here. So, thus ensued. <laughs> that is a huge shout out for us. We were like, <laughs> yeah. what? What? But, okay, so it was super exciting for us that she, like, you know, mentioned Yeah, Ellen's we were mom. totally spazzing out over that one. But then followed 950 <laughs> comments of people wanting a chance to win signed book copies and thereby answer, having to answer all of those asked questions. Of the 950 comments, about 945 of them were some variation of, who the hell is Ellen? I mean, <laughs> I ask myself that daily, Ellen. <laughs> and as I mentioned on Twitter, never have I been so delighted by having so many people not knowing me and making it very clear that they are not my mom. <laughs> um, a few interesting things happened here. One... People assumed that Penny and I were besties and said things like, I'm not Ellen's mom, but I'm so glad that you have such supportive people in your life. <laughs> Which we've never even met Penny. Really. We keep trying, but it's not, trying. it hasn't worked out so far. <laughs> um, and then there was people that claimed to be my mother, which mom did not take kindly yeah. to. 
It's like, hey, I did the work. I get the, I get the glory. <laughs> or the third thing that happened a lot was people got really excited because they assumed that she was talking about Ellen DeGeneres and that Ellen DeGeneres' mom was in the Sharks of Awesome group. Um, I hate to be a disappointment. I am not Ellen DeGeneres. Um, we, we share the same name, but that's about <laughs> it. This happened so many times. I don't know if you read all those comments, but there was a lot of people that were like, Ellen DeGeneres? You know her? And I was like, <laughs> people, calm down. There's more than one Ellen in the world. No, not Ellen DeGeneres. <clears throat> so, and then we drew back the curtain a little bit on our podcast. Well, let's let's do this first. Um, we're going to read some of my favorite um, mentions of I, I don't know who the hell Ellen is um, in celebration of this beautiful thing that happened. So Allison said... Not Ellen's mom, but kind of wish I I was. Ellen's mom is life goals. There you go, mom. That's somebody who actually knew us. Well, that should be everyone's life goal. (laughs) (laughs) Tracy said, I am not Ellen's mom, although I'm sure she is a lovely daughter, LOL. And I wrote a comment and just said, I am. And then mom commented and said, she's okay. Um, (laughs) Jenny said, I'll be Ellen's mom if that betters my chances. Kara said, I'm going to be Ellen's mom for Halloween. And then I told her, I told Kara that she would need some cardigans, glasses, and really big hair. I do have all those things. Yes. In spades. Um, Maddie said, not Ellen's mom, but I can start calling my dog Ellen if that'll make you feel better. Uh, Peta said, I may be Ellen's mom. I have to go through the gamut of names to get the right one for my children. Sometimes I just can't remember. And mom also does that. So <laughs> I do. Jennifer said, I don't know Ellen, but if she wants to do some chores, I'll adopt her. No, thanks, Jennifer. <laughs> Did I comment on that one? Did I? No, make a- you didn't. You commented to me about that one. Okay, because I was going to say, yeah, no, you don't want her. Okay. <laughs> of your three, I was definitely your best. Okay. Year. Of the three. It's not a high bar, but no, of the three, <laughs> you did the best. Holly said, I'll be whoever's mom you want me to be. Sarah said... Not Ellen's mom, unless we factor in a dramatic backstory and dot, 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 amnesia. <laughs> Marcy said, I'm pretty sure I'm not Ellen's mom, but I have not done the genetic testing to prove it or disprove it. Jen said, I got enough trouble with my own kids. I don't need to be anybody else's. Um, Amy said, pending ancestry DNA results, but fairly certain Maury would state that I am not the mother. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> and then Sophie said... Please tell Ellen it's time to come home. Her dinner is ready. <laughs> and I thought that those were funny. Those and then funny. shout outs to Sarah Ortiz, Jennifer Curtis, Sarah Bannister, Annie Harrington, and her mom, who we are totally going to go on a play date with, Mallory Seriously. Dodge, Jennifer Ray, Giselle, Deanna Jagau, Amy Erzenberg, Sarah Dandelions, Dorothy Griffin, Mara V. Sons, Karen Rowe, Nara Melissa, and Claire McCorder, who all had our back and talked about how they knew us. What? What? <laughs> and Nara, who called out and was like, all of you should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so after this was blowing up, I posted a thing on the group and just said, hi, I'm Ellen. And this, tagging my mom, is my mom. All imposters will be called out. Penny came on and commented, and she clarified for everybody who was wondering who the hell Ellen was. She said, Ellen's mom says really nice things about my writing on their podcast, tagging our Facebook page, and makes my and it makes my day. Creepy confession time, my mom didn't really like my books, so Ellen's mom is filling that void for me. Weird, I know, but go with it. And, you know, we clarified for Penny that mom can fill any and all voids of, you know, motherly affection that she might need um 
And then my favorite other, my other favorite thing that happened on this post was that I tagged mom with her name and Jennifer Ray commented and said, is it common knowledge that mom's name is Julie? This is the first I've heard it. Did I not pay good enough attention? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the best thing is that because the one time Ellen slipped and said my, not that it's a slip, it just kind of started out this way and just kind of became our thing. It's Ellen and Ellen's mom. Yeah. Um, it just because Ellen obviously didn't and, call me by my first name. Yeah, and we just and we just thought it was funny that all everybody wrote into us and said Ellen and Ellen's mom, and we just liked that. Just so kind of went with it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, yes. Melissa, wasn't it Nara that? Yeah, it was. She, she was the one that caught the one time Ellen slipped. It was when we did <laughs> yeah. the marriage of inconvenience, and Ellen said something about and said my name. And she's like, yeah, she said her name on that one episode, that one time. <laughs> and wow. I was like, wow, <laughs> nice catch. <laughs> um, yeah, so peeling back the velvet curtain a little bit, mom's name is Julie. There you is go. That, can we that's say me. that? Yeah, that's, that's mom. Um, so, that's my name. Um, but you, everybody, mom has gotten a lot of requests to adopt her. And so you guys for can me just, to adopt them. Yeah, for mom to adopt them. Yeah. So everybody can just keep calling her mom. That's fine. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we wanted to thank all of those who had our backs and also just crack up. Wait, at- we're going to stop there? Let's go back to all these people who want me to adopt them. <laughs> I really think that this is a great idea. <laughs> I think Ellen's been the only daughter way too long. She's taken a lot of advantage of that. When, when I got pregnant for my third time and I yeah. knew that this was going to be my last baby... Um, Ellen really, really, really wanted a sister. I, I mean, did. she really bad wanted a sister. And she was only like four at the time. So we found out it was going to be a boy. And I had to break the news to Ellen that it was going to be a boy. And, you know, we knew this was going to be our last one. And Ellen just broke down in tears and <laughs> saw a sob fest. And I had to tell her, Ellen, look, here's the thing. Being the only daughter, you're going to be spoiled rotten. And you're always going to have your own room. And she was right. And all those things happened. <laughs> that is exactly how that shit went down. <laughs> However, Ellen, um, a little competition would do Ellen good. Because oh, she really doesn't appreciate me as much as she should. <laughs> so all y'all who want me to adopt you, I'm in. <laughs> Let's make Ellen work for this a little bit. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm game. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we just loved that ever so much. So we had to share it with all of you and especially any of those who might not be on the Penny Reed Facebook page. We wish that there were more of you on the Penny Reed Facebook page so that there could have been more of you that were being like, hey, shame on you for not knowing who Ellen yeah, and mom are. You should all know who Ellen and Ellen's mom are. <laughs> but we loved, loved, loved that Penny called us out like that. It was just awesome. Um, so anyway, that will do it for our little break segment and, uh, we will talk to you next time when we get some more mail. Bye. Welcome back. Uh, so for our second topic today, we thought, um, in connection with Beverly Jenkins, we would talk about diversity and romance. Um, Beverly ends up being a person that they talk to a lot when they talk about this topic. Um, I've seen a lot of interviews with her about 
the state of, of diversity in romance. Um, now, for the past couple of years, the ladies at The Ripped Bodice, a romance-only bookstore in LA, if you haven't heard of it, but I'm sure all of you have, um, but they've been putting out a report called The State of Racial Diversity in Romance Publishing Report, and I really encourage anybody to take a look at it. It's really interesting, a little disheartening, but I think that it's good to know um, kind of where we're at as a genre, um, and the uh, the report states for every 100 books, 100 books published by the leading romance publishers in 2017, only 6.2 were written by people of color, down from 7.8 in 2016. <clears throat> they also take a look at some of the excuses that are given in not publishing books by people of color and about people of color, one being that they don't sell. Um, Maybe there is a focus group or archaic study somewhere out there that is telling them that, but but why? I don't I don't understand. Like as well, a it's romance, not like someone says, "Oh, this book is really good. It it has this and this and this in it. I really enjoyed it." And I, it, you know, it's not like people say, "Oh, but are they white?" You know, yeah. I don't I don't see that as a thing. Yeah, for me personally, like um, if I were to hear, I might not always go out seeking, I might not always make a pointed attempt at seeking out diverse romances, although maybe I should, maybe I need to try to do that a little bit more. Um, But if I hear something is good, and I'm not going to actively avoid it just because, you know, it's got an Asian lead or something like that. Um, So I don't, I don't know. For me, this sounds a little cheesy, but like, love is universal. Absolutely, As a romance reader, I just love love, no matter who is falling into it. So, well, and it seems like, at least what I've been reading recently, contemporary, I guess, mm-hmm. more so, because, I mean, historicals, there were just issues historically about mixing races and stuff. But yeah, recently, there's been a lot more, well, Penny Reed's last book had mm-hmm. mixed race. Um, Christina Lawrence, the Josh and... Josh and Hazel. Yeah. And um, so I think more writers are trying to, you know, kind of do some more mixed race kind of stuff rather than... Yeah. And I do, I do, I love that, um, I love that some of the bigger names in the genre are kind of trying to include... Yeah. Trying to include different voices and different stories. Um, I do also think it's really important that the genre tries to get more authors of color to tell those stories. Um, If anything, for me, reading about someone with a different life experience than mine is usually going to draw me into a book and not draw me away from it. Well, that's... Um, I was thinking about this when you told me what we were going to be talking about because I was thinking, one of the reasons I enjoy reading so much is because it can suck you into a world that you have no experience with or that you've mm -hmm. never had and, you know... You might not realize this, but we're very white. Um, mm-hmm. This is a, a world that I haven't had a lot of experience with, you know, and yeah. that's, I think that's one of the reasons I enjoy the Kennedy Ryan books so much is because yeah. this is obviously something I've never had to deal with in my life and obviously something that... Um, but the thing with especially romance is that it's o- there's always going to be those fundamentals of a romance story that right. anybody can relate to. I right. mean, so they have some different things going on with their lives but they still have the foundation of falling in love. So right. I think especially in the romance genre, we have this opening to 
to tell a wide variety of stories about a wide variety of different people, but still have that fundamental thing that everybody can understand and relate to. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I was talking to Ellen beforehand, and and I know I was reading an article about the, um, well, it was about the rom-coms, but they were talking about All the Boys boys I've I've Loved loved Before before. on Netflix. And, And the author was Asian, and when they went to make the movie, they didn't want to have an Asian lead. Mm-hmm. And um, they just said, no, absolutely not. We want, you know, so they chose that girl. And she did an adorable job. It was really yeah. well done. I thought it was, well, the, you know. I think it was, because I think I've read the same interview. Like, the first production company that she, they she went to, they just didn't think it was that important to have somebody that was, you know, Korean-American, Asian-American play the lead. And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to take it to somebody else then who also thinks right. that that's important And you know to what? Do. Good for her. I think that's yeah. awesome that she st- stood by her guns. I think yeah. that's fantastic. Well, um, and, I th- and I think that I think that we're starting to see this in rom-coms, right? Because you've had um, Crazy Rich Asians. Asians. And then... Um, and then to all the boys I've loved before. And then I think that if you look at a lot of the movies that kind of feature black ensemble casts, they're usually also romances. And I think that that's like Best Man. Um, what's the other, like, what's the girl's trip? <laughs> Which <laughs> I thought was really funny and that had a lot of romance stuff in it. But I think it's because these are good gateways to get people... Romance is a good gateway to get people up, you know, involved in stories featuring a more diverse cast and diverse voices, um, just because, like I said, it's universal. Um, and I've talked about this before, but something that I've always loved about reading is, like you said, stepping into someone else's shoes And just walking around for a little while. And I like to think that being a reader has made me a more empathetic person. And I think that having a wider and more varied number of voices out there telling their stories, even if it's just a love story, please note my over-exaggerated eye roll, um, but that that's good for all of us, you know, to have a wider net of stories out there. Well, and, you know, we love the Kennedy Ryan, you know, long shot, which was... yeah. Uh, biracial um and our and our chat that we had with kennedy ryan before we did our podcast um we had an excellent talk with her about race and the genre and Mm -hmm. um anyway it's yeah i would really like would really like to see more diversity in the genre yeah and i think that we're getting there and i like to see you know like kiss quotient and and Josh and Hazel and these kinds of books that are getting a lot of love um, and doing well, you know, and having it not be that big of an issue that it's. Well, I think it's. About- I don't think it's. I think it's something that they need to the read the publishers need to realize that. Yeah. Yeah, it's we'll read them. <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. Just put them out there. We'll read them. Well, and it's like and it does and that it. It doesn't have to be, I think it's important that it's happening, but that it doesn't also have to be a big deal that we're reading a romance, you right. know, featuring other people of color, you know, right? that it's just a normal thing. And it doesn't, they don't need to be like in their own subgenre of like interracial romance. Like it's just, this is just a romance and yeah. that's what I like to read. So 
Anyway, I'm with you, Ellen. Preach, girl. Preach. Um, so <laughs> thanks so much for joining us again. And if you would like to join us for uh, Accidental Trist by Natasha Boyd in two weeks on October 29th, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Mom. Wait, before we go, oh, no. I, have to give, I have to say something to all those girls who want me to adopt them. First of all, if it's late, you need to go to bed. If you're driving, drive carefully. Now I feel like I should lick my thumb and clean your face. <laughs> Straighten your hair out. That's what my mom, yeah. <laughs> Fix your hair. Tell you to stand up straight. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're signing up for, everybody. So. Nack, 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 nack. All right. Well, there you go. There's your mothering for the day. There you All go. Right. Bye, mom. Bye, Ellen. Bye. <laughs>